Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan, and welcome to High Tech Online. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, life and not so much tech. And this is a, a topic that I wanted to talk about for a while. Um, and it stems to, you know, my experience, my limited experience as a parent and also, you know, how my parents raised me. Um, I think they did an okay job. But also, you know, recent some recent things that I think have happened in within my family that uh, kind of makes me think about how I'm raising my kids. And I have some, you know, it's me, so I have some pretty strong opinions on raising children and what to do and what not to do. But this one comes down to how we fight to keep our children safe. And what's that balance between keeping them safe and coddling them? When are you being too protective of your child? Now, there's the obvious things like, of course, it's never bad to watch your kid a lot when you're out in public. Like you keep your eyes on those kids. You always have your eyes on your children, no matter where they're going. Like tonight, tonight I let my, we went to a baseball game, uh, just of a local Pioneer League team that they have here. And my seven-year-old wanted to go. He's like, I want to go to the, I just need to go to the bathroom, dad. I'll be right back. You know, first I said, well, you know, let me come with you. He's like, well, it's just right there. It's just outside that door. And, you know, I went, oh, okay. All right, go ahead and go, buddy. Just go and, and hurry as fast as you can and come back. And even my in-laws were going, well, shouldn't, is he going to be okay by himself? I said, yeah, he'll be okay. And my son is strong. He's a strong boy. You know, he, he's, he has this very, very smart head on his shoulders and he knows what to do and he knows how to hold himself. So I let him go to the bathroom by himself in a ballpark. Now it's not a big ballpark. It is very small. It's a step up from, or it's like a, um, like a college size ballpark, college baseball size ballpark. So I wasn't really concerned. The bathrooms were right outside the door, right outside the gate. So he went, he was gone maybe a little longer than I would have expected. I'm guessing that's probably because he was playing in the water or something like to wash your hands, not the other water. Uh, but he had, he, he finally, you know, he came back and I was like, okay, whew, it's a good test for me. That's a good test. You know, I can send him, but I probably won't do that again for a while. Um, I could do it there because I felt comfortable letting him do that and letting him, you know, giving him a chance to show that he could do that on his own. Um, parents would probably freak out because I did that. I don't know what my in-laws really thought. I think they were okay with it because I think they trust me and what I do with my children. Um, but there's certain things that may happen in a child's life that uh, you, you know, you just wish, you wish you were there to protect them from it. And I know for, you know, there, there's certain things that will happen where you won't be there. You won't be able to be there pr to protect your child. And unfortunately, sometimes that has a fatal effect. And that can, I, I hope I never have to go through that because you know, that's, I've heard that's when marriages are really, uh, challenged and you really find out whether, you know, it, it can stand that, that kind of trauma. Uh, it's something that, you know, if it, if it ever did happen, I, I think, I mean, my wife and I, we have a very deep connection with one another. Uh, we are based very much in, uh, a religious background as well. You could probably guess 
which one because I'm in Utah. Um, but we we are very much uh, as one team together. And without each other, if something like that happened without each other, I mean, I, how do you even survive without someone else with you in that kind of situation? So going back to this, how do you, uh, you know, what what's the balance between you know, guiding your child and, and watching over your child and then being overprotective of your child. Now, in the early years, you know, from when they're born till they're about three or four, it is super like you are there every second, you know where your child is. You're watching them all the time. And we're finding with our four-year-old that in our home, we feel very safe with him. Um, he also has a pretty good head on his shoulders. He's where one where my seven year old is very uh, book smart and intellectually smart for his age, my four year old's like street smart. He's, you know, he knows what he's doing and he knows. Uh, like we never had to baby proof the house for him. He knew that he was not supposed to go into there. He knew that he could, and he would look in there and he would see some things. But he never had to grab and do it. He's like, you know what? I don't need to do that. Mom said, you know, I probably shouldn't do that, so I don't. So he's got a lot of common sense for his age, I guess, is the way to put it. So around the house, we don't really have an issue with him. Um, sometimes he, you know, sometimes we're like, hey, kid, you're being a little too clingy here. Come on, let's back it off. Why don't you go play with your Legos or something? So <laughs> at the house, we're not like that. But anywhere else that we go, I mean, you laser vision on that kid. When he's on a ride at the amusement, at the amusement park, you're watching him every time he comes around. He's there. He's there. He's there. He hasn't fallen out yet. He's there. He's still on the thing. He's there. Okay. That's what kind of like focus and laser vision you have on your child. And in those kind of situations, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, I would say it's definitely encouraged to be like that. I think we should all be very aware of our children and how they're acting and behaving and what they're doing and who else is around them. Like we need to be very aware of that. Unfortunately, these days, there's a lot of people who are uh, basically predators who want your children and you gotta, you know, you gotta watch your children. Um, in our neighborhood, it's relatively safe so we can let them play in the backyard. Um, if they're in the front yard, they can play together or we have to be outside with them. Um, or at least, you know, have them in, in view out our window. Our seven-year-old will let go play with friends because we know his friend's parents very well. And we always are texting back and forth with them to make sure that you know, he got there okay and he needs to be home by this time. Let us know if he needs to come home earlier, you know, all the details. So really not worried about him in that sense. But where I want to kind of take this conversation is, you know, I'm talking more about just getting banged up as a kid, you know, being a kid, living the life of a child or life of a kid, you know, in his uh, uh, early years or her early years. And something happens that like, physically hurts them somehow as far as, you know, playing outside or playing with friends or doing something they shouldn't do. They fall off of something, something happens, right? So uh, I'm going to tell two different stories and kind of draw a comparison um, between what we did and what, you know, other people have done. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use who they are. I won't use their names, but they know who they are. And I'm just going to compare it because, you know, they did what they thought was right and we did what we thought was right, which was kind of the same thing in retrospect. It was basically the same thing that we did, that they did, but I've come to a different conclusion from our experience. 
and perhaps they will come from the same they will come to the same conclusion. So let's go back to Thanksgiving 2015. My son at the time was five years old. We were at my parents' house and we'd only been there for about 10 minutes. Um, and I was talking on FaceTime to my brother who lives out of state. All of a sudden I hear my my five-year-old just crying hysterically. He was downstairs and my wife comes up a minute later and said, there's blood, there's blood. I'm not, I can't deal with the blood. You have to go figure out, you have to go deal with this situation. Uh, I don't know what's going on. And she was kind of, I don't know if she was having a panic attack or anxiety or something, but she couldn't deal with the blood. So I go down and I look at my five-year-old and his front lip is just gashed up and there's blood coming out of it. And I'm going, what happened, buddy? And he said he hit his, he hit his lip on the, on the fireplace. And what had actually happened is that he had put a blanket over his head and he was spinning around and spinning and spinning and spinning. And he tripped and he fell and he gashed his upper lip and his teeth into my parents' mantle, like the side pillars that come down on the mantle of the fireplace, gashed right into the edge of it, towards the bottom, like where the trim pieces are. And what it had done is it had gone, pushed up his his lip and get, and ripped the skin. Sorry if this is a little graphic. It ripped the skin uh, from his inside his upper lip all the way up into his nose cavity. Like if you fill up in your lip right now, which I'm doing right now, there's a little piece of skin in the middle there that ripped and then it ripped all the way up into his nose. And there was just blood coming everywhere. And, you know, I got him, uh, we got it washed out really quick and I got gauze shoved up there, you know, so it stopped the bleeding or so I thought it would. And uh, we ran over to back over to my in-laws because we were there earlier that day for Thanksgiving dinner. And we talked to my brother-in-law, who's a nurse, a nurse practitioner. And he said, and he was looking at it and he's going, you know, uh, it could probably heal, but I would, you know, I'm seeing it go pretty deep. So you, we should, you should probably just go to the emergency room. So we go to the emergency room. Uh, Long story short, they ended up having to uh, give, him a, give, him, give him an IV. I mean, this is my five-year-old. You know, you just don't expect that as a parent this quick that something like this could happen to them. And they're, you know, they give him an IV. They they actually put him under and there was um, a pediat- pediatric surgeon who was on call that day and he came in, they put him under, he stitched it up. It was really funny when he woke up from the anesthesia but, you know, uh, he had to get stitches, first stitches of his life. You know, it's, I don't know about you guys, but as a boy, I don't know about the girls, but as a boy, it's like, that's a rite of passage when you get your first stitches. You know, you've done something so dumb that you've cut yourself significantly enough that you need stitches. And uh, for me, I've only had a couple of stitches. So uh, I don't even know if I really had that rite of passage because I really wasn't doing anything stupid when that happened. Um, I only did stupid stuff later on in my life. Not really when I was a kid or so I thought. Anyways, so my kid had to get stitches. I mean, he looked like one of the who's from Whoville for like four weeks, which was perfect timing because it was leading up to Christmas. Once all the swelling went down, you know, his, his smile is, is just fine now. Uh, I think we're still waiting for one of his teeth to come in, one of his front teeth that he lost. He didn't lose it from that. He lost them naturally, but... Uh, there were some issues that maybe his teeth would grow in funny. So we still have to see if there's any repercussion from that. Anyway, so this happened. And after this this uh, 
event happened and it, you know, we calmed down and our whole thing from that point on was we don't put blankets over our heads. We don't put blankets over our heads because we can't see where we're going and you'll run into something and cut your mouth open. You know, I, I think, honestly, I think we were lucky. We were lucky that he didn't have a more serious injury from that. Um, and it sucks. I mean, seeing your kid cry like that is tough to watch. And to know that you can't do anything about it. I mean, all you can do is comfort them until we get them to the hospital and we, they get some relief from the pain. Uh, or, you know, they have to get their lips sewed up. So like I said, after that, we were very much, like we're a blanket family. You know, we'd rather have the house colder and put blankets on than have the house heated up. Uh, and so we were, we're like, no more, no blankets on heads ever. You know, try telling a small boy that he can't put a blanket over his head. It's a very difficult thing to enforce. That was our reaction to that story. So then we had a similar story recently, and it, inv- it involves uh, my niece, who is, I think she's three now, three years old, just coming to be three. And they were out on our trampoline, and we have a rectangle trampoline that came with the house when we bought it, and it's in ground. And it's really cool. I, I thought that was awesome. It was one of the reasons I wanted to buy the house. But something happened one day when, when she was on the tramp, and she had gone onto the tramp with the bigger kids, and they were jumping a little... They were being rambunctious on the trampoline, which is what children do. And she bounced the wrong way or something, and she broke her leg, um, which she had a very hairline fracture. From what my uh, sister-in-law said, it was very... It was hard to even see on the x-ray, but it was there. So, you know, she was in a little cast, and it was cute. She'd walk around in her cast, and, and they they came to the same conclusion that we did. They said, okay, no more trampolines. We're not jumping on tramps anymore. We're never going to have a tramp. Well, I don't know if they went that far, but I think they were like, you know, we're not going to have a tramp. And if we do, it won't be for a long time until you guys are, uh, you know, bigger. And it is tough to have little children on trampolines. That's why they have those big, you know, net things now around the tramp. Ours is an older tramp. It doesn't have that, unfortunately. Uh, And it's, it's expensive to get those for rectangle tramps. It's like five or six hundred bucks to get that stuff. Where you buy, you can buy a brand new tramp for that much, a brand new like octagon tramp. Anyways, uh, ADD moment there. Sorry. So they had, you know, they came to the same kind of conclusion. They just want to protect their child, and that's how we were. We just want to protect our children. We don't want them to hurt themselves, or we don't want an accident to befall them. And uh, I had, uh, I'll share one more experience that happened just recently on the Fourth of July, um, that. My wife and I weren't really too in sync on this one. So after having the experience back in 2015 and then having this same experience with my niece, I wasn't there when it happened, but you know, hearing what had happened and uh, how my brother-in-law and sister-in-law had put, you know, laid down the law, we don't jump on tramps. I started going, well, that's, you know, first I thought, well, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? I mean, she, okay, she broke her leg barely, like there's hair, 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 hairline fracture, minimum Minimal little uh, fracture. So it healed up. She's doing great. It didn't really affect the way that she walks. Um, it didn't affect the way that she walks at all. Like she's 100% now. And I go, isn't that a little bit of an overreaction? Like no more tramps ever. We're never going to jump on traps. Tramps, we're never going onto the trampoline over at Ryan's house again. You know, Uncle Ryan's trampoline is off limits. No one's ever going on there, even you older kids. Um, and I might be, I think I'm dramatizing a little bit, um, but it seemed like they're very, dead set against us, their kids getting on our tramp. And I'm going, well, why, you know, why, why such the outrage? I mean, I get wanting to protect your child, but things are going to happen that we cannot prevent. 
unfortunately, that is how life is. There are many, many parents who have to go through life with something that has happened to their children, whether it be something that has uh, debilitated them and made them, you know, handicapped or unable to do certain things and they have to take care of them or their child just dies or gets killed somehow. Uh, There was a family in my neighborhood growing up who their oldest child, um, he was married and had children, um, but he was a very adventurous type. And uh, he, he decided to go and race canoes down these rapids, I think in China somewhere. And he ended up getting sucked under and, and drowned. Um, there's nothing his parents could do to prevent that. There's nothing his wife could have really done because um, that was just how his life was. It's something that happened. And I don't know the answers on why this stuff happens to good people but and why bad people don't have this kind of stuff happen to them. I just don't know. Um, I like to think that that God has a plan for everybody. And, you know, whether whether my time on this earth ends tomorrow or it ends in 50 or 60 years from now, um, I just kind of live my life how I know I need to live it and just be prepared if that happens. Um, another instance that happened that, you know, people just can't control this kind of stuff is one of my best friends growing up. I mean, he was indestructible. He was, he was this, this kind of kid who just didn't care about, um, didn't care about what people thought of him. Uh, but friends with everybody, really nice guy. I'd known him since I was, I think one or two years old. Uh, we grew up all of our lives together. Um, all of a sudden I, I hear one day. Mike got in an accident. He was up snowboarding, not on a slope, but on like a hill up the canyon uh, that was kind of off, you know, it was a sledding hill that people used to sled on. And he was on a snowboard with his butt with one of his other friends. And he went off a jump funny and landed on his back, severed his spinal column and became paralyzed from the waist down. And we were, I mean, we were out of high school. I was out of high school a year and he had just graduated and this happened. And it's like, how could something like that happen to someone like that. And you just don't know. And I, I don't know, you know, his, his parents, I'm sure went through a million different emotions on this. And how do you even, you can't protect your child all the time when they're small. Yes, you can, you can protect them. But I guess the whole point of this is things are going to happen in their life that whether, uh, you know, if my kid gets hurt, um, it'll make him a little bit stronger. I think he'll, he'll be more aware of his surroundings. He'll be more aware of what not to do. Maybe he won't make, you know, he won't make that same choice again. If he knows that that's going to hurt him, he know, he's like, I'm not going to make that choice again. And um, there was an instance, like I said, on the 4th of July where uh, we were playing with sparklers. Everybody loves sparklers, right? Well, my seven-year-old had kind of flipped around and almost hit my four-year-old in the head with a sparkler. And our four-year-old, he's just like running around, not really caring because nothing actually did happen. But my wife kind of flipped out a little bit and was like, you know, watch out for your brother. And I looked at him and went, they're okay. You know, he didn't get him. I just look at my seven-year-old and say, hey, come on, be careful. Uh, But nothing happened. And I think my wife, it sounded like she was, you know, on the verge of a total, uh, you know, ground the kid and send him to bed kind of thing where he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't being aware of his surroundings, which is actually one of his things that we need to work on. But he wasn't being aware of 
who was around him, including his brother. Like he didn't know his brother was right there. And when he tried to do something or he was just playing around and if he would, like I look at it like this, if he would have hit his little brother in the head with a sparkler, his little brother would have been burnt. And it, it is a sparkler, so it would have been a very minor burn, if any. Um, it would have been hot and he would have, you know, we put ice on it, make the little boy feel better, make the four-year-old feel better. And we talked to the older one about that exact thing, being aware of your surroundings and just, just you know, using some common sense when playing with a sparkler, which, by the way, we had told him many times to be aware of where he was going and what he was doing with those sparklers. But they're little boys and they don't really tend to listen that much. But it's like that that would have been, um, if it would have happened, you know, that could have been, um, it's not the end of the world is what I'm saying. If that would have happened, we would have approached it how we needed to. Um, we would have helped the four-year-old, you know, feel better, treated any injury, and we would have sat the seven-year-old down and said, what the heck, kid? You know, come on, you need, you know this, you know that you need to be aware of what's going on around you and kind of give him the whole spiel, you know? And that's something that um, I think, I think that's the line between, you know, do you just coddle your children all the time or do you let them go and, and have an experience? You know, if they're, it's the whole thing. You cannot know good without evil. You can't know uh, pleasure without pain. If you don't have pain, you don't know what pleasure is. So as you, you know, things happen that cause pain, it only enhances how good the pleasure side of it is, you know, and, and I think it builds that character up in your children. If they fall and scrape their knee, they fall and scrape their knee. And they're going to do it over and over and over again until they realize, you know, maybe I want to put on some knee pads or something because I keep scraping my dang knees. You know, we don't have him, we, we have him wear a helmet when he's riding his bike, but we don't have him wear knee, knee pads and elbow pads and like a, a rib cage pad or whatever, you know, we don't, shoulder pads, we don't have him like, you know, padded up every which way when he's riding a bike. If he biffs on his bike and scrapes up something, we help him. He learns from that situation and we move on. I mean, that happened to me many times. I, I fell on my bike a lot. And back then we didn't do helmets. But I fell on my bike a lot and, you know, I got to learn, I really got to learn how my bike functions and became a better bike rider because of it and uh, what its tolerances were and how far I could push it. There were obviously some unforeseen circumstances where I may have hit like um, some moss in the gutter or something when I was riding through. Or I remember one time I biffed it really hard on loose uh, sand that had come up from a, like a house that was under construction. And I scraped up like the whole side of my arm and my forehead and my wrist. And I learned from that experience. I learned even more what my bike could do and what and how well of a bike rider I was. And I see that kind of thing in really most of the situations where a child might get uh, hurt or uh, something like that may happen is uh, short of, you know, these, these uh, horrific uh, examples where someone dies or someone gets paralyzed or something of that nature. Um, it really, I think just helps the kid become stronger. Um, now I have boys, I have two boys. I don't have any, uh, girls yet. Uh, so maybe it might be completely different with girls. And that's why I totally give my brother-in-law and sister-in-law the benefit of the doubt. I think they handled that in a 
in the way that they they wanted to do it and how they knew to do it and uh you know that's that's the way they want to do it and that's fine they they can parent how they want the way that we do it is you know if if my son broke his leg on the tramp um there there may be that time you know that initial thing of like okay we got to get rid of the tramp because our four-year-old broke his leg and we'll probably go through that and um and then I probably have the same realization over again because I'm always lo- learning and growing. Um, cause I don't know how to raise children. Who knows how to raise children? You just go into it and, and hopefully you do a good job. Well, anyways, guys, I know this is kind of more of a deep topic than I normally do. Uh, but it's something that I've wanted to talk about for a while. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys like this. If you do like this kind of topic, let me know because um, as much as I love talking about tech stuff, life stuff also is really fun to talk about. Um, uh, really interesting, I should say, to talk about. Uh, and I like to get your guys' perspective as well. Um, maybe I'm up in the night with this. Maybe you guys think I'm crazy for, you know, not necessarily coddling my kids or, uh, trying to bubble wrap them up every day. But, you know, let me know. Comment and, uh, like and share all this. Uh, if you go to soundcloud.com, you can actually comment on the episode itself. So uh, like at a specific time in the episode. So when I was talking about such and such, you can, you know, if I was, when I was talking about um, our decision on uh, how to treat our child, you could say, dude, you're up in the night. What the heck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? You can, you can actually say that exact comment at that specific time. So go do that. Um, you know, subscribe on the podcast player of your choice, wherever you're listening to us now, you've obviously found us. Uh, but you know, if you're listening on SoundCloud, but you prefer to be on like the, uh, iOS podcast app, search on the podcast app for high tech on life, H I tech on life. And we're there. We'll come up. I'm actually subscribed to myself. Thank you. Uh, just to, I, you know, double check and make sure that the, the episodes drop properly and they look really good for you guys. So, uh, so check us out there. And then I think we're on the Google Play Store as well, like the Google Music, Play Music. I don't know. I don't have an Android device yet. So um, check a, take a look at that. Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, as I said. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're always, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spice that up a little bit more with some uh, different stories and things that I find around the internet. Uh, hopefully to keep you guys entertained for following me. But, you know, if you... Uh, if you want to check us out on there, follow us, like, and share, and subscribe to things that we put out there. Uh, really helps us out a lot. Let's me know that you guys are listening and you're interested. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll get back into the tech stuff on the morrow. So I will talk to you then. <laughs>